No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. Good afternoon and good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are. It is Friday night, and you're live with another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, bland brand no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast right here on DLive, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, hello. Thank you for joining us. I hope you had a lovely night because I certainly did. We've got so much to get through in so little time. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to spread some Christmas cheer, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to give you a multiple choice start to tonight's show. I'm going to take it old school. I'm a man of the people. Your king respects you. Your king respects you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for spending a little time with us here on a Friday night. Just during the intro, Lady of Diamonds, Dipsy with a diamond. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? She says, good evening, boogers and boogie. Well, good evening to you too. So, I want to start off in the right foot. I've got a lot of tabs to get through. I've got a lot of clips I want to show you. I've got a lot of articles and we don't have all night. Speaking of all night, if you're an alcoholic, a drug addict, or a lonely person, then at midnight tonight, Eastern, you you will be able to join uh, myself and Void Gazer and the Big Empty Major Tom on the Joy of Pessy program, ladies and gentlemen, at midnight tonight. It's a Christmas special. Uh, apparently, we're we're riffing on a some French Christmas movie where Santa Claus is a homicidal maniac and the kid kind of like comes up with booby traps and shit a la Home Alone but it was I think it was actually made before Home Alone and you know because I looked up the name of this clip uh, yesterday and I'm like what what the fuck am I watching here and apparently there's like a big underground you know cult like following of this movie and people get really upset that Home Alone was made and didn't like tip any hats to this flick. So I'm looking forward to that. Midnight tonight, ladies and gentlemen, dlive.tv slash joy of Pessy. But that's hours away. Forget about that. You don't need to worry about what's happening hours from now. You've got a life to live. You've got family to see. You've got a hot date tonight. <laughs> of course you don't. That's why you're here. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. So... <laughs> Let's do a multiple choice. Now, how do you want to start off tonight's show? As you know, we are big fans on this program of outrage, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm going to give you two options. You can either have the feel-good Christmas story, which is very nice and feels good, obviously. Or you can have the outrage story first. We will be doing both of them, but which? how do you want to start tonight? So press one in the chat for feel good. Press two in the chat for feel bad. 
I'll let you decide. Seeing a lot of twos. There's a lot of twos in the chat. It seems people want to be out. You want to be outraged at Christmas? What the fuck is wrong with you people? Why do I surround myself with such bitter and awful, you know, outraged people? What the hell is wrong with all of you, huh? What are you even doing here? This is a positive show. We, we, like, to, we like to look on the bright side of life. All right, two it is. A little bit of Christmas outrage, ladies and gentlemen, but uh, I'm sorry. I'm, unfortunately, you fell for the booby trap. Oh, no. A return to fake right-wing outrage. Without Trump, Republicans run back to sexist resentments, ladies and gentlemen. The Republican Party's going back to its roots. Woo! Woo! Sexism is back, and it's back with a bang. So long, Mr. Trump. You know what? I think it sounds like a pretty fair deal, don't you? This obviously comes from our friends at Salon, ladies and gentlemen, one of our favourite publications here. Winning TV. Winning TV with a diamond. DLive.tv slash winning TV. 8pm tomorrow night. Phil D'Angelo is giving away one child-sized JJ Stoner T-shirt, ladies and gentlemen, on his program via the Wheel of Death. And congratulations on getting to 500 followers there on DLive, Phil. Winning TV with a diamond. Well, my mum didn't hug me. You know, Japanese and all. Yes, it's very unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. Japanese upbringing, I'm sure, is very a very suffocating experience. For a number of reasons. Coffee Talk with Sandra with the diamond. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you too. It's not so happy though because we're going to get upset now. This is an outrage story, so take things seriously, please. <laughs> a return to fake right-wing outrage. Without Trump, Republicans run back to sexist resentments. I don't know about you, but we've had four years of Trump, okay? We had a little bit of Trump and we got to see what it was like. Now, if you were given the option, okay, here's the option. You can either keep Trump or you can be sexist again. I think I would have to take the sexist. <laughs> I think I would have to take the sexism. Don't you want to slap that secretary on the ass in the office and not get in trouble for it? Come on. Come on. Wouldn't you love to say, wouldn't you love to say to your female uh, supervisor, why don't you go and bake a fucking cake or something and leave this job for the men? Wouldn't you love to say that? <laughs> I've been watching all these shows like based in the 50s and the 60s. Man, it, it has me pining for a simpler time. <laughs> Lou Frigno in the chat, of course. <laughs> no, I think it's a fair deal. It's a fair swap. Okay, you can take Trump away. You take Trumpy away, but you give us back the sexism. I'm down, man. I'm down. <laughs> the subheading to this article. Desperate to keep the rubes riled up. That's you. You're the rubes. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. Has anybody ever told you that you're a rube? I know it can be a very confronting experience the first time you hear it, especially from a friend like your king, <laughs> myself. First time you hear that you're a rube, 
I'm sure it's you know very fancy. I don't call I don't call my citizens rubes though. You'll be pleased to know. I'm I'm much more civilized. Here in Boogeystan, we refer to you as peasants, not rubes. Rubes would be insulting. The king the the kingdom's official position on the citizens of Boogeystan is they are peasants and nothing more. So you'll never be called a rube here in this country. Uh, desperate to keep the rubes riled up, the right reverts to faking umbrage at unladylike self-expression. <laughs> I can't wait for this. Needless to say, 2020 was quite the year, and not just for people who believe in preserving democracy and containing deadly pandemics. It's very specific. <laughs> 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 Gee, they're, not, they're very modest, aren't they? Over here on the Democrat Party, we believe in preserving freedom and containing deadly fatal diseases. That's our position. Go ahead, fight against us. You have no moral authority here, sir. For Republican politicians and right-wing media, whose careers are centred around f- uh, feeding silly victimisation narratives to the right-wing base, ladies and gentlemen... This is why this is why I love Salon. Every now and then somebody will um, you know get in touch with me and say like I've had people in the past when I was doing a show with uh, James called Trust and Verify. We love doing that show by the way. Um, we did it for a bit over a year and we would only use left-wing sources. That was like the kind of the point of the show. It's going through all of these left-wing articles and clips and stuff. And you know poking a little fun and discussing issues and whatnot. So every now and then, somebody who was unaware would like, as as a means of trying to attack me, they would say, why are you reading from the New York Times? Why are you reading from the Washington Post? Are you a secret communist? Shit like this. I would get DMs like this often. And, you know, you, I'd, I'd, I'd never even bothered arguing against them. I would just, I would agree. Yes, of course I am. Are you not, comrade? Are you not ready for the fight, the war? Because I thought, why should I waste time trying to explain sarcasm to somebody who is clearly so stupid that they wouldn't understand the difference between shit and shoe polish? You know what I mean? Why waste your fucking time? If if people accuse you of being a communist on the internet, just go, okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for the thank you for the classification, random internet nobody. How could I ever get on without you? But it's it's for reasons like this that I love publications like these because look at these look at this fucking nugget of gold here that quote again for republican politicians and right-wing media whose careers are centered around feeding quote silly victimization narratives to the right-wing base we we hate silly victimization narratives here at salon <laughs> you'll, you'll never see us playing the victim over here on the left-wing press absolutely not we are confident, we are self-assured, we're not going to let anybody treat us like garbage. We are not victims. We hate we hate people playing up the victim narratives. <laughs> I love them. They're so fucking they're so ballsy the, the, the hutzpah. I love it. Around feeding silly victimization narratives to the right-wing base, there was all manner of made-up nonsense to get the rubes riled up. Again, you're the rubes. 
For months, the right-wing narrative was focused on claims that the coronavirus pandemic and or measures to contain it were all a giant conspiracy aimed at tanking Donald Trump's re-election chances. Well, the beautiful part here is obviously, you know this already, that the fact that governors weren't allowing people to gather in groups did hurt Donald Trump's election chances because as we all know, statistically, a fact, uh, mail-in ballots favour Democratic candidates. Democrats are more likely to vote mail-in. Republicans want to show up on election day. Republicans, we know we know this stuff. This isn't just, I'm not just making this up. We know this after years and years and years and years and numerous elections of studying voting trends. And it's a thing that carries, you know, in every jurisdiction, pretty much the same. Conservatives in any Western country, whichever one you go to, are far more likely to show up on election day rather than send a mail-in ballot in. It's just a thing. So we know from this, uh, reading this data and shit, that Republicans are more like, Republicans want to put the ballot in the ballot box themselves, right? They want to go there and physically fill out the card or physically pull the lever themselves. And Democrats are far more likely to, you know, tick, tick a box on a form and just fucking drop it off at the post office or send it back to where it came. You know, yeah, yep, tick, tick, whatever. Okay, see you later. It's just the way, it's, there's something about it. There's something in that. So, of course, we know if, if governors and local politicians and, and the like are going to say to people, no, it's fucking dangerous, you're going to die if you go outside, we can't have too many people lining up to vote because it's unsafe because of COVID, we know that that is going to hurt Trump's re-election chances. We just know because most Democrats or more Democrats are likely to use mail-in voting than otherwise. Sorry. Now, this this sole, this sober cold fact is now relegated in 2020, peak fucking 2020. This sober fact is now relegated to the realm of conspiracy theory now. This is a conspiracy if you say this. If you say these factual things... You would be a dangerous conspiracy theorist. Probably a right-wing extremist, potentially a white supremacist, uh, supremacist, and at risk of becoming a terrorist. That's you now, if you say this. <laughs> that mail-in ballots favour Democrats. <laughs> Don't you just love 2020? Thank you for keeping me safe, 2020. The article continues. The fall was then consumed by similarly bonkers conspiracy theories about, and this is in quotations, which is beautiful, bonkers conspiracy theories about, quote unquote, voter fraud. <laughs> voter fraud is a bonkers conspiracy theory now. <laughs> I told you, this is why I love this shit. They are so brazen. I, I, I fucking, I tip my hat to them. If if I'm being brutally honest, it, it might even turn me on a little bit. How brazen they are. I'm like, man, that is hot. Lying like that is just so fucking sexual. <laughs> it's like a dangerous affair. And while both narratives are still being pushed by right-wing media, and Trump himself is still raving like a madman on Twitter, with his election conspiracy theories. It's becoming clear to many in the right-wing media that it's time to move on. Yes, it's time to heal, ladies and gentlemen. Move on and heal. 
Haven't you had enough? Do your duty. Be a patriot. Give up. <laughs> it's time to move on. There's going to be a Democrat in the White House, and it's time to put the grievance narrative of deep state trying to take a good man down. It's trying. It's time to put that narrative to bed. So the right is returning to the strategy of the Barack Obama years, churning out a steady stream of fake outrage over supposed democratic transgressions. Remember how angry they were that Obama wore a tan suit? I, I don't. I genuinely don't remember that. Now. It could have been a big story at the time. Apparently there was outrage over Obama wearing a tan suit. Had I known about the outrage over the tan suit, I would definitely have liked it. Because, you know, when people get upset about, you know, not important things, I, it makes me happy. I can't help but have a look, stick my nose in there, poke it with a stick, see what's going on. Yeah, people are like, huh, what? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was a big story. I don't know. Fake outrage over supposed democratic transgressions. Remember how angry they were that Obama wore a tan suit? All to feed their meta-narrative. We're in a meta-narrative now. Not just narr narrative isn't good enough. Now we're meta-narrative. The narrative behind the narrative. See how deep we go here? All to feed their meta-narrative that democratic governance is inherently illegitimate. And they know that the quickest way to stir the furies of right-wing America is to tell them stories about how all those Democratic women are out of control. Who do those bitches think they are? Well, that's a phrase. That's a phrase I hear so many Republicans saying. Listen here, bitch. <laughs> Sounds like a very conservative thing to do. Yo, who these bitches think they is? Anyway, fuck them. Vote GOP. This past week saw a deeply unpleasant return to the long-standing Republican practice of firing up the base by bashing Democratic women for supposed sacrileges against ladylike behaviour. First, the Wall Street Journal threw out bait by running an op-ed by Joseph Epstein in which he addressed Dr. Jill Biden the incoming first lady as, quote, kiddo, and even argued that, quote, it's fraudulent not to, stay a, uh, not to say a touch comic for her to use the title of, quote, doctor. Even though objectively she has a doctorate, the article argues, Epstein has been playing this game as far back as 1970 when he wrote in Harper's that, quote, I wish homosexual I would wish homosexuality off the face of the earth and other grotesqueries about gay people. <laughs> the op-ed was dumb and misogynist, of course. Tucker Carlson of uh, Fox News was drawn to it like ants to a puked-up Long Island iced tea. <laughs> Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> I told I love these guys. They're so good at this. That line again. The op-ed was dumb and misogynist, of course. Tucker Carlson of Fox News was drawn to it like ants to a puked-up Long Island iced tea. <laughs> For multiple nights this week, Carlson hosted unhinged segments full of maximum umbrage, screeching that Biden is, quote, borderline illiterate, <laughs> dismissing her career as a high school and community college English teacher, the rest of con uh, conservative media, 
is following suit. The purpose of these hysterics isn't mysterious. It's about triggering resentment in men who cannot accept the idea that women might not only be smart, but smarter than they are. <laughs> That's what you got out of this! <laughs> That's your hot take, bro? That's what you came up with after all of this Jill Biden doctor shit? That's the position you're going with? Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> you can't be serious. Yes. Yes, we're serious. <laughs> Listen again. It's about triggering resentment in men who cannot accept the idea that women might not only be smart, but smarter than they are. Yeah, the, the reason for the commentary on Dr. Jill Biden is really, it's really just the manifestation of all of these men who are insecure about women being smarter than men. <laughs> Thank you for keeping me educated, Salon. Barack Obama got the same kind of response from racists, including Trump, who spent years insisting that his many academic achievements must either be fake or the result of cheating. Also this week, another sexist storm of feigned offence swirled up after Jen O'Malley Dillon, Joe Biden's campaign manager and incoming White House Deputy Chief of Staff, correctly described Republicans in Congress as, quote, a bunch of fuckers. <laughs> but I love the correctly described Republicans as a bunch of fuckers. <laughs> Bravo, Salon. You are so objective. That's a, that's some quality reporting right there. That's what you would refer to as editorialising. The White House Deputy Chief of Staff correctly described Republicans in Congress as a bunch of fuckers. <laughs> correctly. Bravo. Thank you so much, Salon. I told you it was a good one. The return of fake right-wing outrage. Without Trump, Republicans run back to center, uh, sexist resentments, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's give you a feel-good Christmas story here. As you know, we celebrate Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we, we believe Christmas is a time of giving, of love, of friendship, of family, of community. And it's also about uh, LGBT empowerment. Absolutely. It is on this show anyway. We're on your side here on a daily boogie. So, uh, so this is a feel-good story. This is about somebody. This is about somebody overcoming a lot of victimhood in their life, overcoming a lot of you know hard circumstances to become a, a truly creative soul. Right. Uh, Jim Enward in the chat, you tricked us, Boogs. Oh, come on, man. Come on, have a little, put a, put a little bit of love in your life. Andrew Jackson, um, Christmas has been cancelled, bro. Not on this show, it hasn't. Not on this show. It's definitely not cancelled. I'm, I'm going to show you why it's not cancelled with this hot piece here. Hot piece off the press. Uh, celebrating LGBTQ achievement, ladies and gentlemen, and creativity at Christmas time. Let's have a look. My name is Kenneth Wise, and Hi, all Ken. I want for Christmas is you. Nice. 
How does he get the fake hips? How does he get the hips to look like that? Look at that. This dude has some childbearing hips. I know it's got to be some kind of padding or something, but I appreciate the extra effort. All right. Christmas feel-good stories. Biracial drag queen Kendall Gender. His uh, his name is Kendall Gender. I wonder if uh, you know the more cynical, the more cynical and bigoted person may say that the selection of the stage name Kendall Gender. <laughs> You know, remarkably close by pure coincidence, I'm sure, to Kendall Jenner of the Kardashians fame. But with the like little slight twist there, you know, with gender instead of Jenner. It's very creative. It's very clever. But the very cynical and bigoted person, of which I am not, I'll have you know, would perhaps suggest something like, Wow, that name was specifically chosen in order to rub up against other established hashtaggy like things like gender and Kendall Jenner, right? In order to get, you know, in order to perhaps latch onto the back of somebody else's fame, maybe? Now, a cynical person would say that. I suspect a, a very f- transphobic, genderphobic, sexist person would say that. Here on this show, though, we say, wow, that is a remarkable coincidence. Sometimes the universe just shines on you. And I'm so glad that this remarkable coincidence happened to you because you deserve this. You deserve the good things because you've you've had it so tough up until now. You know? <laughs> That's what we say here on this show because we celebrate this. This is about Christmas. Nice. Um, so we shot four in the beginning um, okay. uh, for Black History Month. And then it... Okay, okay so we're, 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 taking, we're doing photo shoots dressed as a as Mrs. Claus for Black History Month. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Black History Month. Now, children, let me take it. Let me take it back to a time of my granddaddy and his granddaddy. When we would uh, st- we would uh, go around the bayou and sing blues songs, Sunhouse blues songs in the bayou, and the mosquitoes would be biting, and Mama Cornbread would be cooling on the window sill. Now let me tell you, a time back in then, back in them days, us black folks, we had to do it tough, man. It was like you you was walking, you was working in the hot sun, hot sun, 18, 18 hours a day, you you'd be working. And you ain't, you ain't got time to, you know, just sit around and not do nothing. You know, Black History Month. And then, you know, around Christmas time, we gather up what little money we had and we would hire a transgender man, transgender woman man, to dress up as Mrs. Claus and, <laughs> and dance, around in, dance around in the cornfield for children, you see. And she, re- she would read stories to little children at Christmas time, you know, this was happening, this was happening in the Depression. In the, in the Depression, all the way up through like to, you know, 1940, 1950s. And your granddaddy one year dressed up as the Mrs. Claus. She had uh, like the children on her lap, she reading books and shit. <laughs> Happy Black History Month. A little bit of black history there. 
It became such an overwhelming success uh, that I decided overwhel to... Overwhelming success. Overwhelming. If you haven't heard of this, it's because you're a bigot. I'm sure of it. You're obviously not open to the real talent and the real creativity in 2020. You're probably some kind of archaic dinosaur, right? You're probably some kind of fucking right-wing extremist, some lunatic out there. And I don't want—I don't even want you here. If that's you, get out. If you're not prepared to celebrate this for the po the positive, creative vibe that it obviously has, then I don't know what to do with you. I don't know. Let's continue. Continue it on. Okay. In case you missed it, what Kendall Gender does for Black History Month is Kendall Gender. <laughs> Kendall Gender recreates other people's album covers as a crossdresser, dressed as a woman. That's what Kendall Gender does. That's that's their job. So every Christmas, as a as as I guess like a present to us all, Kendall Gender will recreate famous album covers of black artists, <laughs> dressing dressing like as a woman in the process. <laughs> I told you, creative fucking genius. This needs to be celebrated. Look at that one. Whitney Houston. <laughs> so, so the text on the screen said this Christmas, uh, Kendall Gender is honoring Mar this is uh, this is <laughs> this is a tribute. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm doing my best. I'm trying I'm being very nice. Being very nice, Twitter. So, Ken Christmas, Kendall Gender is honouring Mariah Carey <laughs> by by recreating her Christmas album cover. So Kendall is going to be wearing the same outfit, have the same makeup, have the same hairstyle as Mariah Carey did on that iconic Christmas album cover. Except it's going to be a guy. <laughs> it's going to be a guy dressed as Mariah. This is this is all done. This is all done for the glory of Black History Month. <laughs> and apparently it's something that takes place every Christmas. And is so important. It's so important. It must be on Canadian taxpayer-funded news. That's where I got this clip from, the CBC. It's, it's, a, it's, a vital, it's a vital blood cell in the beating heart, the cultural heart of the West. The creativity to 
recreate <laughs> somebody else's album covers is just, it's fucking breathtaking, honestly. Well done. This is wonderful. I need to see the final product here. Like, <laughs> hang on a minute. <laughs> like Carrie, gender says many people don't believe that she's mixed race. I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't know about you, like the the race, what race are you doesn't really come up as a, maybe I, I don't know, like this is genuine. Maybe I'm way out here, but the topic of what race are you doesn't really come up that often in my life and conversations I have. Does it for you? Does it for you? Lady of Diamonds, Gypsy with the Diamond. Where, where did you steal the Diamond Gypsy? Gypsy says, that's racist. I know, thank you for pointing that out. Like, I can't imagine ever having a conversation with someone who is mixed race. And when I find out that they're mixed race, I, why, why would I turn to them and say, I don't believe you? <laughs> like Carrie, gender says many, many people do not believe that she's mixed race. I don't believe you. No, you can't be that. Your parents couldn't be of that heritage. I don't believe you. You're fucking lying. <laughs> but many people have said this, apparently. Many people. <laughs> so much so that, see, you know, it's become, it's become a cornerstone of our identity here in this clip. Because as someone who is half black, half white, uh -huh. I sort of get, you know, pinholed into a lot of different boxes, you know, not necessarily... <laughs> As somebody who's half black and half white, I get pinholed into a lot of different boxes. Therefore, that's why I dedicate my career to celebrating Black History Month. <laughs> Good job, bro. You know, because I have a white, a white parent and a black parent, you know, society tries to push you into certain categories, racial categories, right? You know, it's not my fault. I'd rather not be, I don't want to be pigeonholed by race and background and those kinds of things. So because of that, I've decided to dedicate my work here to celebrating Black History Month. And I will be dressing up as Mariah Carey, famous biracial singer Mariah Carey, to honour her and her Christmas album because people make too much of this race thing, especially during Black History Month. It's such an inconvenient. Necessarily <laughs> being Caucasian enough, not necessarily being black enough. Uh -huh. And this project has really... Or, or female enough or male enough. Why stop there? Why stop there? Right. I mean, you can, you know, you can complain about racism if you want. You know, you can claim that people don't believe you, that you're biracial and shit. You can say that the black half is being oppressed by the white half. You can say that people say you're not white enough or you're not black enough. That's all fine. That's all well and good. But really, you can't compare to what it's like being somebody who is misgendered all the time, can you? Like, that's true oppression right there. You know. what? Don't focus just, don't focus just on the race aspect of this. 
I'm sure that the female part of your gender identity, if we can even say such a thing, I wouldn't want to be offensive, but let's just, for the sake of argument, understand I'm a very ignorant person. You know, not intentionally harmful, just ignorant. I need to be educated, obviously. So... Yes, exactly. Lady of Diamonds Gypsy with the diamond. Fanta just steals the diamond gypsy. By gender, exactly. We can be by gender as well as by racial. I mean, I, we, I don't want anybody slipping through the cracks here. I don't want anybody getting through the net. Everybody needs to be protected this Christmas. Allowed me to pay homage ding, 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 to these ding, 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 black artists yeah. and really get to know that side of my heritage and that side of my culture. <laughs> so dressing up like Mariah Carey and all of a sudden you come out of it with this profound understanding of your own culture. <laughs> Fucking weird, isn't it? <laughs> you know, like I'm not I'm not claiming to be some kind of cultural expert. I am I am a staunch defender of Western civilization, its its history and its values for what that's worth. So you know when I'm trying when I was trying to understand our culture, I look to things like say for example, um you know, let's say like some Jeremy Bentham is in there. He was a philosopher. How about John Stuart Mill? You know, on liberty, ladies and gentlemen, the argument for free speech, free expression and whatnot, uh, you know, various other stories, you know, Aristotelian logic, this kind, this kind of, you know, archaic idea to understand our culture, how we got here today, how we came through the journey and got ended up here. You know, a little bit like that. But I've been, I've been doing it fucking wrong all this time. I'm here to tell you what I needed to be doing was tucking my penis between my legs throwing on a red dress putting some lip putting some lippy on and doing a little kissy face for the camera my instagram followers because that's that's apparently how you learn about culture it's dressing up like a woman <laughs> i mean it's definitely it's definitely the most time effective way wouldn't you say all of this reading and thinking and writing and arguing and researching and reading and thinking. I mean, it's a fucking bore, really. If I can just do a little bit of penis tucking, you know, put a bit of makeup on, strut around, get my photo taken, fuck. <clears throat> I'm going to be out of here by two o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> and I'll understand my culture and have a deeper, a deeper understanding of what it means to be me. It's brilliant. Amberlina in the chat, I had to take a call. What am I looking at? You're looking at the future of Western civilization and critical thought here, Amberlina. You're looking at you're looking at somebody celebrating Black History Month by recreating iconic album covers from black artists because it's wrong that this biracial person. Uh, people don't believe that they're biracial when they say so. This biracial transgendered person. Beautiful. Seamless. Especially, you know, in a... Mm. There's that tale. I've said it before and I'll say it. I've said it before and I'll say it again. <laughs> Once you see this, you won't unsee it. Always be on the lookout for 
individuals who say especially. <laughs> I'm not making it. It's a thing. It's a thing. I'm not saying that everyone who says especially is especially, um, you know, dumb or anything. But I am saying that people who use the phrase especially are especially more likely to present as such. Let's put it that way. It's a, What I'm saying is it's a red flag. <laughs> it's definitely a red flag. Yes, that's another one. Ask you a question is another one. It's, it's, a, it's a flare that goes up. When you're listening to somebody speak or you're talking to somebody, if they say especially, it's like a... It illuminates the sky. <laughs> We're like, hang on. We've got to, we, we have a potential situation on our hands. <laughs> Tread carefully. Give them a wide berth. Assume hostile until confirmation. Until proven otherwise, assume that they are hostile. <laughs> Hostile target. Engaged. It's just the little life, the little boogie, little boogies, little life lessons here on a Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Social climate such as 2020, we are yeah. in the sort of precipice of the biggest civil rights mo- movement of our generation. <laughs> that's probably the favorite line. That's probably the best line that I've heard this entire clip. Look at the imagery here. Look at this. Now, when I th- again, I'm some kind of fucking idiot, obviously, because when I think of the civil rights movement, <laughs> I'm thinking of you know images of police hitting people over the heads or say bulldozers knocking down uh, you know the tent cities in South Africa or uh, people being attacked with fire hoses in major cities or the riots. Right? These these are the kinds of things I know. The, the imagery that pops into my mind when I hear the term civil rights activism, okay? Now, I want you to take a genuine look here because oftentimes I'll get accused of not being empathetic enough. Well, here's my moment of empathy. Ladies and gentlemen, 2020, this is now civil rights activism. This, what you see here. Let me put it up on the big screen. <laughs> As admitted by the activists themselves, I'm not making this up. Look. This is now civil rights activism. Enjoy that. Fucking rebels. (laughs) Let me tell you something, man. Let me tell you something, man. The communists of the 50s and the 60s are rolling in their fucking graves. (laughs) The communist revolutionaries... The type who would wipe out whole villages of men, women and children because their local mayor was a was a capitalist, right? They are rolling in their grave. What the, they they are sitting there going, "What the hell happened to our movement?" <laughs> Between the years of 1960 and 2020, something went dangerously off the rails for the workers' revolution comrade, right? <laughs> this is now civil rights activism right here. Dressing as Mariah Carey and having your picture taken after you get your makeup done. (laughs) Isn't it wonderful? (laughs) I love this. Merry Christmas, everybody. (laughs) 
Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> With that, we're going to take a quick five-minute break. When we return, so much more to get through. So little time, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us on this Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Stick around. Ian Michael, Glass Art, head of the British Garage Door Repairers and Glassmakers Association, Lord Clarence Cobblepot. Well, I, I truly have uh, no uh, hesitations. It's just uh, Ian Michael is a visionary, uh, possibly the most uh, wonderful, talented glassmaker we've ever seen you know, of this generation. Uh, I recommend him to all of our our, our service members and all of our, our union members who require only the best in quality. Ian Michael Glass Art. Not just dildos and butt plugs. Do you suffer from mass hysteria? Not knowing whether to wear a mask or not. Do you suffer from paranoia, constantly in fear of Karens? Do you suffer from anti-laughism, the inability to laugh and smile no matter what happens to you? Well... It's Charworthington here with Char Money Live, where you can have a chahoon of a good time. We have everything from chakarn events to a chasorsen McCarran, where these chakarns just be going chuck crazy It's off the hinge. We even got Karens jumping off of trailers! We got Karens going chuck crazy over french fries! We even have Karens that think they have the force! It's insane over here at Chamonix Live. So I appreciate you. Come on down. We got the phone lines. They're always open. We'd love to have you. Side effects may include dizziness, lack of oxygen due to hysterical laughing, and inability to shield off Karen's come within six feet of your vicinity, expansion of the mind due to the overload of factual information, not fake news, confidence of the lack of bullshit in your life, and the instant ability to become based. For instant help with any of these symptoms, please contact the Chamonix hotline immediately or seek your closest woke friend who may be able to calm you during your time transition from sleep to awake. Mr. Mueller, rather than purely relying on the evidence provided by witnesses and documents, I, I think you relied a lot on media. I'd like to know how many times you cited the Washington Post in your report. How many times I what? Cited the Washington Post. <laughs> how many times I what? Mr. Mueller, I'd like to know how many times you cited the Washington Post in your report. Sorry, would I like some toast? No, no, no. How many times did you cite the Washington Post? I'm sorry, at the party, am I a good host? I'm a very good host. No, no, Mr. Muller. How many times, yes, did you cite, yes, yes, the Washington Post? The Washington Host. I, well, I don't know the Washington Host, but I've heard good things about him. There's always lots of hors d'oeuvres. You know, I, I, I remember back when I was a younger man, 
younger man, we, we would host we would host many soirees. Of course, back then. Of course, back then, uh, I was I was quite debonair. I was a big big fan with the ladies. The ladies very much enjoyed my company, and uh, myself and the Washington Post would get around town, make make tremendous friends, and then of course I would always be up at the crack of dawn the next day to get the daily news because, as you know, in those days they didn't bring the newspaper to your front door. You would have to go down to go down the road to get it yourself. And I would always make sure that I had a sixpence in my pocket to ride the trolley. <laughs> no, Mr. Mullen, how many times did you cite the Washington Post? Oh, the Washington Post, yes. Well, it was a tremendous paper. I remember back in the early days, you could purchase the Washington Post, a cup of coffee, and ride the trolley, all for around four cents. Those were a, it was a tremendous time to be alive. Post in your report. I do not have knowledge of that yeah. figure, but I, I well, that's I, it. I don't have knowledge of that figure. I counted about 60 times. How many times did you cite the New York Times? I counted. Yeah, I have no idea. I counted about. I, I have no idea because I didn't write the fucking thing. Subscribe to the Daily Boogie podcast. It's what granddad would want. Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right around this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. And shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for joining us. Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast, and don't forget. As I mentioned earlier tonight, I will be joining Joy of Pessy. DLive.tv slash Joy of Pessy at midnight tonight. You've also got Coffee Talk with Sandra, who we love on the show. Irrational Times, who we like on the show. Uh, everybody's favourite lover of Frenchman, Mersh, who we completely dislike because he got banned off Twitter. So he's obviously a terrible fucking person. Fucking We don't support... We don't support people who insult people on Twitter, sir. Why don't you think about somebody else's feelings for a day, eh? eh? Who, who said you were allowed to have fun here? Certainly not any of us. Fuck you. So he's on at 10 o'clock, everybody's favourite lover of Frenchwoman, Mersh. And, of course, at Real Person PLTCS tonight. 
with Pirate Radio. It's a busy, busy, busy night. Tomorrow night, winning TV, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Major Tom, Sunday night. You've got Rusty on Sunday night. You've got Joy of Bessie on Saturday night again. It's just fucking, it's hell for leather. Sunday night shit show, Frozen Asian. Don't forget Spent D as well. Uh, JJ Stoner, of course. Starting Block last night was a fun one if you missed it. If you want to hear a couple of stories, Starting Block. So, so much, so many friendos out there. So many friendos. So definitely looking forward to joining Joy of Pessy tonight for a special Christmas edition. Yay, Christmas. We love Christmas. <laughs> Christmas edition of the Joy of Pessy. JJ Stoner. JJ Stoner with the diamonds still waiting. Appreciate Evil Ian and Boogs. 44420, fucking motherfucker. Yes, JJ Stoner was... The plan was to have JJ join us on the show tonight via what they call in the biz, folks, live video feed. And he was going to join us because JJ won the coveted, the genuine, one-of-a-kind, made-in-America, Sherlock Holmes-style reimagined tobacco pipe and that's what it is it's a tobacco pipe and JJ was going to uh, take a hit of that motherfucker for us with tobacco obviously Uh, he was going to take a hit of that live on the show tonight to celebrate winning it but unfortunately it hasn't arrived yet I've been informed that mine because I've got one coming to me and uh, Ian Michael who made those wonderful pieces of glass art for us here on the show he's our I think now we've given away three Ian Michael products so I think now we can we can say on this program that our exclusive arrangement is with Ian Michael. Not him being exclusive to us, but us being exclusive to him. <laughs> He's our official glass maker. I haven't spoken with Ian Michael about this. Maybe there's some kind of contractual arrangement that needs to be drawn up before I can make some such statements. But I'm here to tell you, here on the Daily Boogie, if we need a glass something to stick in either your vagina your asshole or your mouth. We go only to Ian Michael Glass Art, ladies and gentlemen. Kitty B in the chat with the link. Uh, Ian Co. 99. Uh, Chamani, of course. Yes, Chamani. Harry Powers is on tonight on Chamani. There's so much going on. So do follow our friends, ladies and gentlemen. Now, let's get into our next little topic here. I think you'll enjoy this. So... You know me, I like to keep you abreast of what's happening down here in our little our little place called Australia. Our little island paradise on the on the asshole of the earth. We really do love it. And as you know, uh, in my city, the city I love, the city I grew up in, Sydney, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <coughs> pardon me. We have gone a miraculous streak of being COVID free. It really is a miracle. And... You know, we're talking weeks here of being COVID-free. And I think it's down to the fact that we trust the science. You know, it's because we listen to the experts. And it's because we're so good at following the rules. It's because uh, our police were bravely arresting people if they did things like go for walks on beaches, right? Uh, They were bravely handcuffing people, putting themselves at risk, I might add. Uh, bravely taking people down who were, say, like sitting in their car eating a pizza. That had to be stopped. So it's for all of these reasons. Congratulations, Sydney. We're talking about weeks and weeks and weeks without any cases of coronavirus. It really is a fucking miracle. So I liked it. And based on that good behaviour, I'm very pleased to report that based on that, 
our government has decided in the previous week, two weeks, three weeks, month, the government has not de- decided, it's probably not the right word, the government has generously uh, returned some of our freedoms to us. It's really wonderful. It shows that they care, shows that we care and they care. You know, what I love most about our government is not only do they love me and protect me, but they want me to be safe. So when I'm when I'm a good citizen, when I'm a good boy and I follow the rules, they give me some of my freedoms back. Yes, exactly. Yay, more yard time, Foggy in the chat. Exactly, more yard time. Good behaviour, prisoner. I mean, citizen. I mean, let's. it is Australia, so let's be fair. It's not much of a fucking stretch from prisoner to citizen. I mean, that's how we got here. You know, that's how we got here. JJ Stoner, I will now retire from boogie contests until called upon by the boogie bong. Well, so maybe maybe we can get you, JJ. Maybe we can get you on the show like maybe Monday if it turns up by then or Wednesday if it turns up by then, you know. I know it's a little closer to Christmas. And maybe we could do like, because I don't know where mine is, but when mine gets here, maybe we could do like a simultaneous, uh, you know, across the continents Christmas get-together style. Maybe we can do like a simultaneous hit when yours arrives and mine arrives. We'll unbox it at the same time in different in on different fucking continents, on different in different hemispheres. Wouldn't that be something? The kinetic energy that would come from that moment would be like in the Avengers when Loki opens up the portal the portal to the other realm, right? We could do that. With tobacco, of course, because it's a tobacco pipe and that's what it is. That's all it is. It's trans, a transnational toke foggy in the chat. So that'll be fun. Let's do it. All right. So I like to keep you abreast of what's happening here, ladies and gentlemen. We, we have re- received some of our freedoms back, but oh no. Oh no. I've got bad news for you. Just as we were getting comfortable, look what happens. This is what happens when you get comfortable. Sydney's northern beaches now cut off from the rest of the state. Cut For off. the next three days, you should not be leaving your home unless it's absolutely necessary. Thank you for the diamond record, J. Tippo. <laughs> I hope I pronounced that correctly. Record J. Tippo. I, I did my best, man. I did my best. Uh, thank you for the diamond, sir. Thank you for joining us. If we get on top of this in the next two or three days, all of us will be able to have a much better Christmas. But if three, we don't get on three days to flatten the curve, are we? Are you getting? Are you getting any flashbacks? Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Three days. If we can just if we can just follow the rules for three days, then everything's gonna go back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> Fools! You know, we had this crazy idea on this show. We had this crazy idea on the show we were talking about it months ago. Do you remember? We were talking about this idea that what's been set in stone now, what's been cast, you know, in the book of forever, is from this day, from this moment in time forward. There's going to be a general trend, a pattern, a reoccurrence of you getting a little bit of your freedom back and then having that freedom yanked away with lightning speed. You know, because when you get your freedom back, it's usually a process of weeks and weeks, right? 
It's weeks of press conferences. It's weeks of complaining. It's weeks of people having to shut their doors. And then eventually you get a little bit of your freedom back. So it's okay, you can open your business now to like 20 people. And you're like, at least that'll get a little bit of money coming in. But that took you weeks to get to that point. Then when it's deemed necessary by the experts, and we we trust the science here on this show, when when it's deemed necessary by the experts, they can close everything down like that. Uh, we're talking hours, hours notice, hours notice. So when when deemed appropriate, you get a little bit of your freedoms back and then they're going to be yanked away from you like a hangman, you know, tugging on the rope at the, on, at, at the gallows, right? That's how quick it's going to be. Lou Ferrigno, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us, Lou. In the chat, they actually ended restrictions today and threatened to bring them back if enough people don't get vaxxed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. I've got, a great, I've got a great story for you. Let's continue here. On top of it in the next few days, it could mean further restrictions down the track. From Palm Beach to the Spit Bridge, more than 250,000 residents asked to work from home, stay okay. home. 250,000 people. Uh, have been asked to stay home. Now, a quick reminder, if you're new here, you probably don't know this, 250,000, that's only one small part of Sydney. Sydney has 5 million people, right? And the northern beaches, obviously, are on the northern beaches. So once you go past the northern beaches, you're no longer in Sydney, heading north, right? So it is a very wide area. There's a lot of, uh, you know, natural parks and shit out that way. A lot of koalas, dead koalas. So... Don't know why I said that. That's horribly cruel to the koalas. Little disease-riddled little fucks. <laughs> no, I, I don't hate koalas or anything. I mean, I'd I'd have one if they were going. If they're at the pet store, I'd probably have one. But they are little shits. They're very slow moving, especially in a bushfire situation. <laughs> so 250,000 people, bang, lost their freedom, bang, lockdown. Home and to limit their movements as COVID spreads through their community. Okay, COVID is spreading through the community, okay? Oh, it's devastating. It's it's devastating. You need to pay attention to all of these little metagame comments, right? All of these little rhetorical little uh, breadcrumbs that are left around in these kinds of stories. It's devastating. It's spreading like wildfire, right? Yeah, we're supposed to be going away on holidays today. Oh, not holidays. Unfortunately, I think that's what's happening with these uh, overseas travels and that. Yeah, just uh, pain the ass. With ten new cases overnight, the cl- ten, ten, <laughs> ten new cases overnight, ten, fucking ten, you say? Yep, ten. <laughs> 250,000 people locked down. 10 new cases. Ooh. Because I love bringing this up because you'd be amazed the amount of fucking hate I get. It's never in, people never come in the chat and say this stuff for whatever. I'm nice. My chat is nice. If you want to disagree with me, you're allowed to. I don't mind. But people get in touch with me privately and they're like, you know, well, we need to, because it'll be Americans talking to me. And they're like, well, you don't understand. The, the the outbreak is much worse here than you have it. 
Like, what are you getting? Like 10 cases a day? That's fucking nothing. So we need to do more. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. The point I'm making is you can have zero cases and you'll still be in lockdown. See, if you come up to me as an American and say, we need to be locked down because there's so many cases and that's the only way to stop the virus. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you can say that. That's fine. But what I'm saying is there's no way to stop the lockdown because you can have zero cases and you're still going to be locked down. It's not going to end. People don't get it, though. I try to explain. We, we have this experience where we have to beg for freedoms back after weeks of not having a single case. And then you get like 10 cases or 20 cases and they'll just lock down a quarter of a million fucking people in their homes. Right? So you sitting there going, well, we have a thousand cases, so we need lockdown. It's like, no, no, yeah, you don't need lockdown. Once you have it, you're going to have it for good. And it's not going to stop, even if you have zero cases or 10. The number itself is irrelevant. They don't, they don't care about the number. They're not considering the numbers. If they did, then you wouldn't have to beg for your freedoms back when you have zero, right? And you wouldn't be placed under lockdown at the first sign of another case coming. This is what's going to happen. This is in your future. We're already living it here. But you can't, you can't fucking tell people. They don't care. They do not care. And this is a thing that I've said on the show before. People don't care about this kind of stuff until it affects them. That's when they'll start giving a shit and not before. That's when they'll care. That's when they'll care, when it's when it's them fighting for money to pay off the house. When it's them not being able to scratch together enough uh, loose change to put gas in the car, right? That's when they'll care. But before that, it's like, oh, fuck you. Don't be selfish. Don't be a science denier. Here's some science for you. Here's some science for you. <laughs> Boogie need money. Money go to man at petrol station. Boogie have petrol. Right? It's a three-piece equation. Boogie need money. Boogie buy fuel. Gas. Gas go in car. Are you able to are you able to compute this scientific theorem that I've concocted? It's called the basic it's called the basic essentials for living in the modern world equation. Boogie need money. Money pay for gas. Gas go in car. Very simple. Now write a fucking dissertation on it. Foggy, this is still too complicated. <laughs> maybe I need maybe I need to get one of the steps of the equation out to make it easier to follow. All right. So, uh, beaches, ladies and gentlemen. This now this is a very kind of like touristy area here. These beaches, if I can find it. I mean, that looks like manly there has made it clear if people don't comply with that advice, they are not afraid to make it mandatory. And one more alert this afternoon. They are now concerned... That, that, is that... I'm, that looks like... Is that San Susi there? I'm not sure. I don't know. I can't tell. I can't tell. Maybe it's the bit up near the airport. Uh, I don't know. That's a tough one. That the cases I, don't, I don't go into the northern beaches area. See, because San Susi's on the south side. That's on the south side of Sydney. But for some reason, like that tree and shit looks, I don't know. Could spread wider throughout the state, asking anyone across New South Wales showing any symptoms to present for a COVID test. Michael? Molly Hogan with the very latest there at Manly. Thank you for that. Oh, she's at Manly. There you go. All right, so 
these manly beaches, these northern beaches are very touristy area. It's a very rich area of Sydney too. It's like old money in those northern beaches. You know, people from the northern beaches are quite nice. They're quite good. It's by far, it's definitely not my least favourite part of Sydney. Because I've told you before, all, all corners of Sydney think that, you know, all corners of Sydney hate all the other parts of Sydney. So I'm from Western Sydney. So I hate, you know, every other part of Sydney. The people from the north hate the rest. The people from the east especially hate the rest. Uh, the thing that we have here in the west is all the other parts of Sydney hate us the most. Because <laughs> we're all like the poor people. We're the poor people with the welfare recipients, the drug addicts. The, where I come from, that's where you can get a tattoo parlor. Find a tattoo parlor open at 2 o'clock in the morning, right? Next to the heroin fucking clinic. <laughs> <laughs> so they, there's all the immigrants live here in my part of Sydney. So they all hate us the most, which is fucking nice. It's beautiful. Fuck them. <laughs> but the northern beaches, northern beaches people are all right. They're a bit surfy and stuff, but it's old money. Anyway, these northern beaches parts, they're very, very, very uh, touristy and, you know, obviously Australia in the summer. So I want to show you this. So we've just been told that there's a cluster. People are in lockdown, ladies and gentlemen. Let's have a look. We are the lucky country and our beaches are some of the best in the world. Uh -huh. But locals say one of our most famous is being ruined, overrun with wild parties and ugly behaviour. Ugly, ugly behaviour. Wild parties and ugly behaviour. Oh, yes. Come on now. This is going to make me proud to be an Australian. I know. And we went to see for ourselves. Okay, let's go. One of Australia's most iconic and popular beaches, where endless summer days turned into safe summer nights. Melbourne's St Kilda has long been a family favourite, and okay. why We're wouldn't it be just a stone's throw away from the city centre? St Kilda Beach isn't much to write home about. I stayed in St Kilda a few, well, more than a few years ago now, years ago. I stayed in St Kilda. St Kilda Beach is kind of a joke. Like, there's no waves or anything. It's more like the beach that you would imagine at a lake. The real appeal of St Kilda in Melbourne is the stuff that's around the beach, like the bars and the, the music venues and the fucking restaurants and shit. Like, that's that's the appealing part of St Kilda. It's kind of like, it's a little bit new towny if you're from Sydney. Yeah, see, see, Foggy in the chat, St Kilda was always a shit pit, but it's a shit pit in the same way that Newtown's a shit pit. Or like, um, what's the other part in Melbourne that's a bit like that? More inner city? Uh, is it Footscray? No, that's out west. Um, I don't know. There's another part. Like Brunswick Street and shit. So, you know, it's a bit trendy and it's a bit young and it's a bit, you know, you've got record, secondhand record stores and shit. That kind of vibe, which I, I've always kind of enjoyed. I mean, I couldn't live there, but I don't mind spending a couple of days there, you know what I mean? But then after a couple of days, I'm like, okay, I need to get back to my capitalist, fascist lifestyle, get a haircut and go to work, you know? So <laughs> thanks for letting me lay around and look at old records and smoke weed and uh, on the side of the street and drink, you know, at nine o'clock in the morning. But now I have to get back to my normal life. I'm, so I'm going to leave you here in the heroin shit pit. So enjoy. But it's been fun. It's been fun for a couple of days. That's the kind of guy I am. <laughs> So, 
But St Kilda Beach itself isn't really a beach because there's no waves or anything. But again, if I say that because I'm from Sydney, some Melbourne fucking idiot's just going to say, well, you're only saying that because you're from Sydney. As if Melbourne beaches can even compare to Sydney beaches. These Melbourne people are a little bit fucking delusional like that. Uh. Needs to shut down the whole bloody zoo because there's all animals all over the joint. <laughs> now, in saying that, it looks like I have found some Melbourneian kindred spirits, ladies and gentlemen. Looks like I found some Melburnians that I wouldn't mind getting to know on St Kilda Beach. Let's have a look. Needs to shut down the whole bloody zoo because there's all animals all over the joint. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. Disgusting. It's shocking. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's deplorable. These young people, I tell you, these young people getting out here, drinking their alcohol, laughing, having fun. It has to stop. <laughs> it's disgusting. See how they blurred out the girl twerking? That's, this is the kind of country we are. We're showing clips of, like, fucking 16-year-old kids getting absolutely shit-faced. <laughs> They're getting absolutely shit-faced on the beach, probably taking God knows what and drinking God knows how much, getting on camera like the news crew goes down there and they're like, hey, they're letting all the fucking animals out the zoo because they're fucking everywhere, mate. Fucking hell, what's going on, mate? <laughs> And and the thing that we have to blur out in order to in order to gift you know bubble wrap our sensitivities is the girl twerking. We cannot show that on Australian television. <laughs> I love this. I love this country. I love how silly we are. <laughs> Great, you are going to Fuck the system. She's gone. <laughs> Fuck the system. See, this is what our communists are like. I'm so sick of Americans complaining about communists. See, your communists wear black masks and hit people over the head with fucking bike locks. <laughs> they throw Molotov cocktails at police. They kick in Starbucks windows. These are our communists. Right here. Fuck the stupid Australian system, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> These are our commies. Read them and weep. <laughs> Fuck the stupid. Our, our commies are, you know, young drunk girls at the beach. Giving the finger and, you know, drunkenly slurring out... Fuck the system! Fuck the stupid Australian system, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, what a country. What a fucking country this is. Let's carry on. The system! Our stupid Australian system! Yeah, you tell them. Your spring break! Let's go! Stop being a nuisance, please. Thank you. But today, St Kilda's become a playground for young hooligans where drugs and alcohol arrive. The hooligans. Young hooligans. <laughs> Original Rev, best communists. Thank you.
We're very pro- we love our communists here in this country. <laughs> the hooligans, they're drinking, they're taking drugs. What else are they doing? Chilling, killing, you know? Chilling and killing. <laughs> look at this fucking, look at this Chad. Oh, mate. I fucking like him. I'm not, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm not being ironic. I fucking like this kid already. Like him. He doesn't, he doesn't give a fuck, clearly. I'd fucking, I'd drink with this Chad. I'd have a puff with this guy, for sure. You know, this guy is going to be one of those guys who's like, he's good. He's not going to be like the main character in a group of friends, but he's going to be like the coolest one who you want on your side, who like, you know, if you're out with your group of friends, he's the one he talks. He doesn't talk the most. He doesn't talk the least. He's just kind of average in the pecking order. But when shit starts at the beach, he's the f- he steps in front of the group and he'll be the first one to be like, bring it on, bitch. <laughs> he's that guy. Every group, by the way, if you're a young man listening to this and you're thinking about your social hierarchical structure, uh, every group needs a guy like this, a foot soldier, a warrior, right? Everyone needs one. Someone who'll just jump on the hand grenade to protect the more entertaining members of the group or the more resourceful members. You've got to have a member who can get weed and alcohol, right? You've got to have a guy who's straight, who can drive. You've got to have a guy who can, you know, talk and break silence and talk the the group into parties and shit that they're not invited to. You need that guy, the salesman, and you need this guy, the soldier. If you get all of those dynamics in place when you're a young person, you'll be fine. You'll be totally fine. But that's key. It's very, it's a very complicated thing, like the adolescent social structure. But if you have those four elements in place, you are going to succeed, my man. So, you know. Because I've been told recently there's more children listening to this show that I would otherwise like. So I feel like we, we need to give them a little bit of advice. The, the other piece of advice I would give would be, don't take drugs until you comatose. Uh... <laughs> Definitely take them, but not but not until you need a hospital visit. Just sample a little bit. You've got lots of time. <laughs> Dude, kids do not take drugs. That was that was satire. <sighs> satire. <clears throat> oh, I love it when you get the one that's stuck in there in the nose and you cough it down later. <laughs> that's like a free one. All right, that's that's enough. Let's go. Just sit around doing nothing but smoking weed. Honestly, every direction you take, something else. <laughs> I didn't know he was going to say it. I, did, I haven't watched it. I fucking, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I didn't know he was going to say that. <laughs> but I fucking knew I nailed him. Where drugs and alcohol arrive. I knew he was the cool soldier in the group. Chilling, killing, you know. You just sit around doing nothing but smoking weed. Now, a reminder, weed is not legal in this country. It's it's decriminalised in one... It's not even a state. It's called the ACT, Australia's Capital Territory. Foggy used to live in the ACT. It's where Canberra is. It's where all the politicians... It's like 80% of the population in Canberra is either... 80% of the population, population pardon me, work for the government in Canberra. It's, it's basically a city... Because Sydney and Melbourne couldn't agree on who the capital should be. 
So they decided to make a city in the middle of fucking nowhere, halfway between Sydney and Melbourne. Because <laughs> this, this, is, this is why I love being an Australian, because shit like this. So we couldn't agree. Sydney should be the capital. And Melbourne was like, no, Melbourne should be the capital. And they're like, okay, let's split it down the middle. We'll build a city in the middle of fucking nowhere and we'll make that the capital. And that's how Canberra was born. And it was designed with a whole bunch of fucking like weird uh, occultish kind of geography and shit. It's a very weird place. Very strange place. So in the ACT, I think you're allowed to possess like a certain amount and you're even allowed to have two plants personal use only though but you're not allowed to sell it so it's legal to have it but it's not legal to buy it if you follow me that's kind of how they get around but that's only in the ACT everywhere else every other like jurisdiction it's illegal foggy we have weed porn and fireworks come on down to canberra we've when i was when i was a kid man when i was like 18 19 i did the canberra trip a couple of times just for like friday night and saturday night yeah we're gonna go down there we're gonna get drunk we get shit faced we're gonna buy porn and fireworks and smoke some weed and then we're gonna come home <laughs> i've done it I, I i imagine a lot of fucking sydney siders have done it it was amazing it was amazing times Living there might be different, <laughs> but definitely visiting Canberra is fine. So everywhere else it's illegal. Now, this kid is such a fucking Chad that he's just saying, like, on a national uh, news, you know, broadcast, he's like, no, no, because obviously the fucking journalist has gone up to him and said something like, you know, a lot of people are complaining about all you younger people here at the beach and you're getting into trouble and stuff. <laughs> Even though he's in a place where it's illegal, he's such a fucking chad. He's like, no, no, fuck that. All we do is just sit here and smoke weed. <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck. I told you he doesn't give a fuck. I love this kid. Honestly, every direction you take, something else pops up. So you just don't know what to expect. Reporting some of these troublemakers. We certainly found plenty on a warm night at St Kilda Beach. What do you got here? No, get up. Get up. <laughs> She's at least got a little more sense, this one. I don't know what this guy's doing, flashing his dick or something. <laughs> Fucking Straya. Straya, bro. What do you got here? No, get up. What do you got here? And she's like, because she was about to mouth off to the guy. And he's like, what do you got here? So she hides the alcohol behind her back like it was never there. I'm like, where did it go? Where did the alcohol go? This is incredible. Many of them openly flout the beach booze ban. Did you get Kitty B in the chat with a very astute observation? They are the smart ones. Flash your bits to get out of being on camera. <laughs> Just draw, just draw a dick and balls on your forehead when you go out. If you're an under, here's your third piece of advice for the kids out there who are listening to the Daily Boogie tonight with their parents. If you want to go out and, you know, underage drink and partake in recreational drug use and that kind of thing, you know, obviously don't do it. But if you do find yourself in that situation, 
draw, get your friend to use a magic marker and draw a cock and balls on your forehead. Okay? Because that way you can be sure that your face won't be shown on television. It's fucking genius, isn't it? And we can call, and your friends will call you cockhead. But you're going to be the cockhead who doesn't get recognised in the street because you weren't shown on camera. You're the smart cockhead. Fine for drinking. No, I, I personally did not. No drinking in a public place, though, here. <laughs> did you see that? Did you see that? Uh, thank you for the diamond, Wreck It J Tippo. If I hope I pronounced that correctly. Wreck It J Tippo. <laughs> did, you, did you see what happened here? <laughs> so this girl has a four-pack of vodka drinks, of vodka like... <laughs> Pardon me. Smirnoff Black, which is the highly alcoholic one. And she's walking past the camera and he's like, are you drinking? And she's like, not me personally. <laughs> I'm just holding it for a friend. <laughs> Instantly lie. Never trust an Australian holding an alcoholic beverage. If you ever come to this country, I'm trying to help you out here. Never trust, a, never trust a, an Australian you don't know who's holding an alcoholic beverage. They will lie to you. Absolutely. Lady of Diamonds Gypsy with the diamond. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Fruit basket lives matter. I couldn't agree more. Let's carry on. Did you get fine for drinking? No, uh, I personally did not. No drinking in a public place, though, here aloud. We know that, um, but we do it anyway because it's Australia and everyone goes Yep. Yep. All right. Okay. Now, she may be a little rough around the edges. Foggy in the chat with the diamond. There's a reason our pint glasses are plastic. <laughs> There's a reason. There's a reason that the Australian Oktoberfest tent was torn down and apparently... Uh, we're the only country at Oktoberfest in, in Munich, in Germany, because apparently what happens is people like, you know, expats from all the other countries get together and you kind of just, you'll naturally go towards like your own people, you know what I mean? In that kind of, if you're in a foreign country and it's a country that attracts a lot of foreigners, I suspect that you'll likely just, you know, gravitate towards people who are the same as you. So the English are probably all drinking together in some tent the Americans are all probably drinking together in another tent, right? And the same thing applies for the Australians. But Australia is the only country in Oktoberfest in Munich which is banned from being together in a single tent. <laughs> because they... <laughs> because well, obvious reasons. They drink far too much and cause a fuss. <laughs> when I heard that, man, I was so fucking proud, I cried. Tears were streaming down my face in patriotic pride. I was so happy to be an Australian when I heard that news. The Australians have been banned from having their own tent at Oktoberfest. I was like, God damn it, I love you boys. <laughs> exactly, a ban we wear with pride. <laughs> so look, now I'm married, I'm spoken for. So I'm not in the, I'm not in the market for a wife right now. But if you will, I would say that this next chick is wife material for a younger individual. Now, I know that she's, you know, she's a bit rough around the edges and all that, but that's fine. She's probably had a nice day in the sun drinking for like 10 or 12 hours. So, so be fair. 
no one's going to look their best after a session of drinking in the sun. Before, maybe, during, maybe, after, definitely not. Not possible. <laughs> Kitty B in the chat. Aussies are the nibbers of Oktoberfest. <laughs> I can't even, I'm, I'm not even going to dispute that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to proudly agree with it. So she might be a bit rough around the edges, but this this chick is definitely wife material for the younger chaps out there. We're here aloud. We know that, um, but we do it anyway because it's Australia and everyone goes, You're not allowed to be drinking out here. We know that, but we do it anyway because it's Australia. Wife, wife that bitch. <laughs> there we go. Some fireworks. Nighttime raves are a common sight along the esplanade with flares landing just metres away from people. Ooh. Our cameras captured a group with balloons and cream canisters often used to inhale a dangerous gas. Yes. <laughs> so do you know what they're talking about there? They're talking about like, so I don't know what you guys would call them. Do you remember the old machines where you'd, you'd make your own soda pop? Right, you know those little canisters. So I think, man, what was the product in this country called? No, Whippets is different. Whippets is where you get the can of whipped cream. But what I'm what I'm going to say is like it's this it's the same kind of thing except it's far more like no, it's not. Whippets is when you get the can, isn't it? <laughs> where you snort a little bit from the can just before the cream comes out. It is nitrous oxide. But so these little canisters where you can make your own soda pop in the machine, which, oh man, what was this machine called? God damn it. When I was a kid. Anyway, I don't think you can even get these little canisters anymore. So what you would do is like smash the end of the canister and then right up the nose. <laughs> which it, it is like whippets, except it's like a turbo whippets. You know what I mean? Soda Stream, yes, I think that's the one. It is Lou. Lou, the good dude. Soda Stream. Andrew Jackson's got it too. The Soda Stream, exactly. So it's the little canisters that have the gas in it. And people, kids would snort that. Whippets are the canisters. Okay, well, I thought it was fucking cans of whipped cream. <laughs> Let's carry on. Can we have private time now? The can, <laughs> can we can we have private time now? We're trying to get high. Leave them Ring alone. the bell and get your <laughs> cheese, man. Goofy Boots, thank you for the sub. Again, I love this shit because the kids, they're not running and hiding from the camera, are they? Right? They're not running and hiding like, oh, my God. Because if that's me, they, see, kids are so used to having a camera in their face now. Don't you think? They're so used to it. If that would, if I'm sitting on a beach as like a 17-year-old or a 16-year-old or an 18-year-old, right? If I'm sitting on a beach getting high, drinking, and I see a fucking film crew show up with like, you know, uh, Channel 9 written on the side. Like if I see one of the corporate media outlets show up and they're getting cameras out of a truck, I'm gone. I'm out of there. I'm like, guys, we got to go now. <laughs> this is... But these kids, <laughs> they just fucking lay around on the towel, continue taking the drugs in front of the, like, while they're being filmed, and then turn around when the host walks up to them and starts asking them questions. She's like, hey, can we get a little bit of privacy here? <laughs> it's pretty based behaviour. 
It's far more base than I would have been at that age when I saw a camera crew. I'm fucking running for the hills, man. I'm not getting my... No, I don't want to be on this show. <laughs> Fuck, are you kidding? We're 16-year-olds getting drunk in the park. The hell is wrong with you? You don't want to be on TV with this? They don't give a fuck. <laughs> Can we get some privacy here for fuck's sake? Can we have private time now? Private the time. canisters of nitrous oxide are usually used by bakers to whip cream in much smaller doses. Right. Are you making some cakes here at, at the beach? Yes. Yes, we are. It certainly looks like a big party. We're making cakes at the beach. we aren't in... Oh, look. At, now we've just found a contender for our first Chad. Oh, yeah. This is... If the first guy was Chad, this is Chad Chaddington. Look at this fucking king. <laughs> this is fantastic. Here he is. Chad Chaddington, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Brilliant. I, he's having fun, isn't he? Well done, young man. Aren't invited. Did I say you could film me? No, 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 no. You know it. You might have said it like quite. You're not allowed to film me, mate. Are you Winning TV with the diamond, dlive.tv slash winning TV. We had that in the 60s, Woodstock. No, the Woodstock was smelly hippies rolling around in mud. You know, Jimi Hendrix, fair enough. These kids don't even need Jimmy. <laughs> These aren't smelly hippies rolling around in mud in their own shit. These are clean cut, um, you know, energetic, youthful individuals at the beach snorting nitrous oxide. <laughs> it's totally different. Totally different. Ambelina, people still carry boom boxes there. It's so 80s and I love it. Oh, Australia, we're at least 25 years behind the rest of the world. Like that's that's said to us as an insult by people when they come here. They're like, oh, you're 25 years behind everyone else. And I'm like, I say back to them, yeah, thank God. <laughs> thank God. You wouldn't be coming here if it was better than your home. <laughs> If it was, if if Australia wasn't better than where you live, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> so what the fuck are you talking about? Of course we're 25 years behind the rest of the world because God knows we don't want to end up like you where you live. Because <laughs> fuck them, fuck them and their fuck them and their little holiday. Fuck them. Let's be some action, guys. Zoom in on this. As the here we go. Here we go. Now the cops are moving in. Cops, we've got to put a stop to this. So to their tempers. Okay. I've been drinking all day. I've been drinking You you said I've been drinking all day. I haven't been drinking all day. Fuck you, cunt. <laughs> I love this. Look, look, this one's giving them the finger right here on camera. <laughs> Fuck you. You know, you... Because you said I've been drinking all day and like I haven't even had like one drink, mate. Not even one. Hey mate, mate, like do you where like do where do you work? Like do you work like like a lot or 
Are you are you at the local cop shop or like you come from another one? Yeah. Do you always like come down to the beach and that? Or like, nah, mate, nah, I haven't been, I haven't had a, like a one drink ever. Ever. Nah, mate. Like, I, I, I got here early. Nah, because I, like, nah, I'm, I'm slurring a little bit because I took like some painkillers earlier in the day. Like, you know, like an hour ago, about an hour ago. <laughs> Winning TV. Your commies are a lot more fun. Absolutely. Despite a police blitz, the frequent fights are keeping families with young kids away. Oh, would somebody please think of the children? shame because it takes it away. The locals get um, pissed off and instead of it being really happy families... This footage. <laughs> Did you see that? What was what was going on there? That cop just he just <laughs> that cop just did like a fucking street fighter move. That that was a pro wrestling move. He just put like a lazy cane or Undertaker boot up, and the chick just ran right into it. Did you see that shit? That's incredible. <laughs> Have a look at this. This looks like pro wrestling. Oh, it's oh, boots. <laughs> this is Sparta. Goofy boots. <laughs> Fucking dropped her, didn't he? Remember, <laughs> remember when we watched that video the other day of um in Portland where the guy ran up to the cop and like punched him in the face and the cops were running away and stuff. Now, I want you to compare that <laughs> to this move here. Look at him adjust. He's a look at this. He's adjusting his belt as she walks up to him. Oh, that's fucking. That is Chad behavior as well. There's a lot of Chad stuff going on in this clip. She's walking up to him. It's like, <laughs> Monica, that was a bitch move. What, kicking the bitch in the, in the stomach? No, I think it was like in the sternum area. It was like between, it was between the chest and the stomach. It was right in that soft spot, right in the middle. You know what I mean? Like if you get punched in there, it fucking wins you. <laughs> that was like a big fucking size 12 Doc Martin steel cap boot right in there. Ooh. Let's have another look. Oh. Savage. This footage recently emerged of a 16-year-old girl copping a police boot to the stomach after she aggressively charged at an officer. Pepper spray didn't deter her from returning for round two. Australian chicks, man. Said it before. And this this kid is only she's only fucking 16. She doesn't even qualify as woman yet. She's on her way to woman. So our 16-year-old chicks, you know how you'll see clips of, like, you know, women in America crying about things? <laughs> our 16-year-old women. Um, our 16-year-old females are more likely to, like, step to a police officer, get kicked in the fucking chest, <laughs> jump straight back up, get pepper spray to the face. That doesn't fucking stop her. She's, yes, she is. One of them is bottomless. 
Because it's like if you grow up, if you grow up with sharks and snakes and spiders, if you grow up with every animal around you trying to kill you constantly, what's fucking pepper spray? What's that going to do? Pepper spray? Pepper spray? Mate, I was bitten by a fucking snake this morning three times. Fuck you. You know, there's a lot of people who talk about things like being a gun-toting patriot and standing up against the the brutality and the tyranny of the state. You need to get you some Australian girls to be on the front lines. Because they will get kicked to the ground via the chest and sprayed in the face with pepper spray and they won't even stop. They will just keep coming for you. They are savages. Savages. She got a sec. She got a second spray. Go. Look at look at it. She's strutting away. Fuck this prick. <laughs> That's Jesus. horrible. I'm against the violence. What is this interview about? current affair, huh? That means we're here swimming for the girls. You know that show that must. We're just here for the girls, mate. all that, and they think they can do anything what they like. Restaurant worker Frank's lived here for almost half a century. Yeah. He's sad to see his beautiful beachside suburb turn to this. Second, it was, well, it was a quite like a peaceful uh, village town. I, I don't come here at night, but uh, I, I would be a little bit hesitant. That's a very good South African accent we have there. <laughs> here, we, here we have local man. Here we have local man Paul talking about uh, the the children who are occupying the beach at night. Well, yes, it's a, I, I don't come down here at night. Uh, <clears throat> I like to stay away at night because there are a lot of blacks running around the beach at night. You know, this is, this is not why I left South Africa. You know, South Africa was a very pr- pleasant place to live for most of my life. But then, of course, then, of course, they gave a whole bunch of people the vote and it kind of turned turned sour so I moved out here to Australia I know they call it the lucky country and I selected a part of uh, Australia which I thought would be uh, free from the blicks but unfortunately so I can't come down here at night anymore it's very distressing to me it's distressing to my family and distressing to my wife yes the blicks <laughs> the blicks I'm a I'm a, a very proud Australian <laughs> local man I, I don't come here at night. I don't but, come down uh, here at night. I, I would be a little bit hesitant. I'm a foreigner, obviously, and I've never like seen people shooting up their veins in my life before, and I've seen it a lot of. See, see what I mean? There's a lot of foreigners that live around St Kilda as well, which is fine. Like I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not somebody who's you know. Australia is just one of those places. It attracts a lot of people from other countries, of course, because it's such a beautiful place to live, but. So I don't, I don't really get upset with foreigners, but I do find it funny, you know, to have the South African complaining about the Australians on the beach in Australia. Like, well, you know, you do live here, mate. There is, there are options. You know, you could potentially go back to uh, whichever country you came from. Of course, they might castrate you at the airport. <laughs> so you know, I. It's, it's very distressing for me here to see uh, lots of young people enjoying the sun and the beaches here in Australia, drinking and uh, smoking their marijuana. <laughs> it's very distressing. It's very, it's very confronting for me. 
You know, why don't you go back to South Africa? Well, you know, I'd like to, except they will cut my penis off as soon as I get off the plane. And they will rape and murder my wife and my daughter. And uh, they'll take they'll take whatever possessions I have. There's nothing I could do about it. But, uh, you know, that being said, though, I don't think I should have to put up with uh, young Australians on the beach uh, drinking alcohol, uh, smoking marijuana, and enjoying themselves on a Saturday night. I mean, you can spray, you can mace the girl in the face twice and kick her in the chest, and she's not going to stop coming for you. So you know. Here. I think my biggest problem is probably just the glasses that stay on the sand. And that that clean- that I agree with. That is one hundred percent fucking fair and fine. Don't bury shit in the sand at the beach. That is a fucking shitty move. You can sit, you if you're a kid, you can sit out on the beach and fucking drink and smoke and do whatever you like. But there are two rules, really. One, don't take a shit on the beach and bury it with sand and don't leave your fucking glass and shit in the sand. Never, ever, ever. And again, like, I, I got some, I did some rat bag things when I was a kid. But I've, like, swear to God, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just like a goody two-shoes or something and, and was never aware of it. But if we were drinking in some public place, we would, you know what we would do? We would take the evidence and dump it appropriately in some kind. Either drop bottles in people's recycling bins as you're walking the street, you know? Or at least get them out of the area which is for families and kids to be playing in. You know why? Because you don't want to fuck it up for everybody else. Do what you got to do. Have your fun. Have your party. And then gather up all your shit and get out of there. Leave no evidence behind. <laughs> ben gave Veritas, throw it in the water. <laughs> That's no good, Ben. It's a beach. It's only going to wash back onto the sand anyway, you idiot. What, have you never been to the beach before, Ben? Come on, Ben. I expect better from you, Ben. What the hell are you talking about? Not into our precious ocean, you won't. <laughs> ...every morning, but there are some left behind. We're working with the police very closely. Louise Crawford is the new mayor of Port Phillip Council. We want people to enjoy themselves, but they have to also take personal responsibility because we want most people to have a great time. We don't want it just a few to ruin it for the rest of us. And it's not just at St Kilda. Out-of-towners are also infiltrating the secluded Black Rock Beach in Victoria's Bayside, infuriating locals with their seaside raves. We have seen a bit of an increase in... uh, Now, look at this. I'm not familiar with this beach, but there are a lot of beaches in this country. A lot of beaches. Like... I've never been a big beach guy. I grew up in the western suburbs, man. So beaches, for me to get to the beach growing up was always a fucking ordeal. It's like over an hour of travel to get to the eastern side of the city. And you got to go right all the way across the city. You know, when I was telling you before about the north, south, east and west of Sydney. Well, the north is on the coast, like the northern beaches. The east is on the coast, obviously, because you've got Bondi Beach and stuff. The south is on the coast because you've got Cronulla and other beaches down there. The West, we are landlocked. We're like way out in the sticks because you can only go further West, right? So we beaches isn't part of our fucking makeup growing up, Western Westies. So I've never been a big, big beach guy. I don't mind like strolling around areas near a beach, like where there's cool bars and shit overlooking the beach. Like, I love having a hotel room where I can hear the waves crashing 
but I'm not I'm not necessarily a big fan of like going to the beach. It's not really something I care about. In the last couple of years, I reckon I've been to the beach like maybe four or five times, and that was to take my dog to the beach to get her used to water and shit. So I'd throw the ball in the in the waves and, and see if she'd go and fetch it or not. Most of the time she didn't because she's a big fucking sook. <laughs> Scared of the beach, of course. This dog, which was apparently bred to to hunt lions in South Africa, is afraid of the beach, believe it or not. But anyway, <laughs> you get that on the big jobs. So I've never been a big beachgoer, but people who are beachy types, every single beachy type has like a secret beach that they love in Australia. You know what I mean? It's like, Happy hey, Hanukkah, my hey. nigga. Okay. Lauti got do day tipped $3. Me partying alone while everyone is inside in fear. Okay. Lou the good dude. Thanks for the donation. This is Lou partying alone while everyone is in fear. This guy's based. Look at him. This this is fantastic. Hardcore recording. That's very good. <laughs> I do love to see people taking pride in their recorders. Record it. That's that's the instrument that you get handed when you're like 10 years old and you don't know anything about music. You know the AB blues? That's 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 the song that you get taught on the recorder. The first song you get taught, the AB Blues. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, where were we? All right. So everyone's got like their own private little Australian beach. Thank you, Lou, the good dude. Everyone's got their own little private beach if they're a beachgoer. Now look at this beach that they're on. It looks extremely hard to get to. There's no sand. They're on rocks, right? Like, look at look at this. Now, local because the, the fucking reporter said locals are complaining that these kids are turning this beach into like a, a fucking beach rave, right? Where would the families go here? Honestly. Like, I'm not going to stick up for younger people unless they absolutely deserve it, because I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> so, you know if I'm sticking up for the, for the kids, they must be fucking innocent. Put it that way. Where is the family going to play here? Look, this is just a little alcove that is set perfectly. Like, there's natural seats that you can sit on. There's natural flat surfaces that you can dance on. This is just a little alcove, alcove that's perfectly set up for young people to blow their brains out with alcohol and drugs. Families can't get down there. Got to, got to complain though. 
Got to put a stop to kids having fun. It's not just at St Kilda. Uh -huh. Out-of-towners are also infiltrating the secluded Black Rock Beach in Victoria's Bayside, infuriating locals with their seaside raves. <laughs> we have seen a bit of an increase in uh, social harm and crime across the social beaches. Harm. We've had robberies, we've had police assault. We've seen an increase in social harm. Well, I, to be fair, social harm speaking, speaking of social harm, I just saw a policeman kick a 16-year-old girl in the fucking chest and drop her and then spray her twice with pepper spray. I just watched that. <laughs> I just watched it. I just watched a girl take a brutal kick to the fucking sternum. Speaking about social harm... Speaking of social harm, we need to arrest people before they go outside to protect them from coronavirus. Speaking of social harm, <laughs> carry a monkey with the correct question in the chat. What the fuck is social harm? Exactly. That's why I'm that's why I'm referring to it. <laughs> Speaking of social harm, we need to arrest mothers who post things on Facebook that encourage people to go for walks in the park with their children. Speaking of social harm, secluded beach with locals, original rare. <laughs> exactly, you pick it, you're getting it, you're picking it up. <laughs> Superintendent Adrian White from uh -huh. Victoria Police. It's not okay to go to the beaches and brawl. It's not okay to go to the beaches and drink to, to or drink at all, actually. And then when the police turn up, you want to punch on with us. Um, it's just really bad, poor behaviour. And it's it's just bad and poor behaviour. Just dumb behaviour. It's just I, dumb. No f with a current affair for sure, bro. <laughs> <laughs> This fucking guy. We found we found our hero of the week here on this program, ladies and gentlemen. Because <laughs> the show is a current affair, right? This is the news show. Well, sort of pseudo news. Us, um, it's just really bad, poor behaviour, and it's just dumb behaviour. I don't f with a current affair for sure, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fuck with a current affair for sure, bro. <laughs> In other words, fuck off. <laughs> hey, can we ask you a few questions about why you're down here on the beach? Fuck off. <laughs> there you go. He, with the joint in his hand, mind you. I'll see you guys another day. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, none of the, nobody wants to fucking talk to them. How many times, how many times have we spoken on this show about shit like, you know, when you see CNN and MSNBC and they go to these Trump rallies, right? They're always going to zero in on the person they find that's like wearing the fucking QAnon shirt or holding the sign up that says something like 5G is giving us cancer, shit. Like, they're looking for you. You know, people like to say, I have these opinions, therefore the mainstream media is afraid of me. No, 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 It's they're not afraid of you. They want you. They're looking for you because they're going to put your picture up during the news. They're going to put your picture up in the report and they're going to ask you a bunch of questions and you think that you're red-pilling normies and shit by holding this sign up in the air but they're going to ask you a bunch of questions and they're going to take like one answer and then and splice it in with a whole bunch of other footage and they're going to make you look like a fucking idiot. 
they're, they're looking for you, right? Now, <laughs> I've been saying for a while, the best way to treat the corporate media is to assume that they're not on your side from the beginning. And, you know, they can prove otherwise, but assume that they're there to attack you. Assume that they're there to make you look shitty. Now, these Australian fucking kids have already figured it out. So the first one's like, no, I don't fuck with a current affair. See you later. <laughs> Who? Because you know it started with like, hey, what are you doing down here on the beach? And the kid, the first question the kid asks, who are you with? I'm with a current affair. Yeah, I don't fuck with a current affair. Sorry, man. Catch you later. And then the next kid, like, ah, yeah, I'll get back to you another time. Fuck that. You know, <laughs> that's the way you deal with them. Behavior. Give them nothing. I don't f with a current affair for sure, bro. <laughs> I'll see you guys another day. I'll see you guys another day with the peace sign. <laughs> yeah, I'll catch you later. Have a good time. All right, I'll see you guys another day. So long. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. That's the way to deal with it. With that, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, sorry. I meant to get through so much more tonight. So much more. We ended up doing like four items. I had 20. So I guess Monday night show is taken care of. That's the upside. That's the plus. I've opened the chest, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us on this Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Don't forget, I will be live later tonight at midnight with the great joy of Pessy, ladies and gentlemen. DLive.tv slash joy of Pessy. We're doing a Christmas movie. Yay! Thank you for joining us. Thank you to everyone who contributed tonight on DLive. Uh, thank you to everyone who contributed tonight on Streamlabs. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. I will be back on Monday night with another edition. Don't forget to follow our friends at Coffee Talk with Sandra, Rational Times, everybody's favourite lover of Frenchwoman Mersh, JJ Stoner, Sunday Night Shit Show, Joy of Pessy, Spent D, Frozen Asian, JJ Stoner, tip of the hat to uh, Lois Ropez on Way Dave. Don't forget Kimmy Show. You got the Kimmy Show. The Kimmy Show was last night. The Kimmy Show. Uh, at Real Person, PLTCS, of course. Who am I forgetting? Who am I forgetting? Major Tom, the big empty. Don't forget about Major Tom. Uh, winning TV, Victor Von Schroom, of course, the Victor Show. Uh, winning TV tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Winning TV will be giving away a JJ Stoner large child size t shirt via the Wheel of Death. So if you want to be in that contest, head to Winning, uh, winning TV's twitter profile look for the tweet he should have it pinned if it's a competition tweet have that pinned at the top of your timeline which i'm sure he's doing now if he hasn't already head to winning tv's twitter timeline at winning tv look for the pinned tweet and reply to it and you will go in the draw to win a jj stoner oversized child t-shirt ladies and gentlemen <laughs> so with that thank you for joining us i'll see you later tonight with joy pessy show until then, stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.